everybody, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. And I am Alex Cruzy. <laughs> uh, today we are going to put on our realtors, investors hats, and uh, jump into the market, or uh, the, the world of real estate investments. And that massive market of volatility that many of us <laughs> turmoil in, regardless of whether we ought to or not. Oh, my bitterness is creeping in. Anyway, this is not the game to be bitter about. We are going to tackle the very light, very fun, classic game at this point, I think you can say, For Sale. Uh, this game is a three to six player game. It is designed by Stefan Dora and published by many publishers. I actually just realized I don't have mine in front of me. What, do you remember the publisher that, um, what's your yours published by? Uh, you know, it's not, I put the cover behind, I think it's Griffin Eagle. Yeah, Eagle Griffin. Um, yeah, that, backwards. <laughs> yeah. No, mine's Griffin <laughs> Games. Mine's Griffin Games. Okay. I think mine is as well. Um, but I couldn't tell you because I don't have it in front of me. Uh, you know, it is. I just uh, I just peeked at my uh, recent purchase history for it, so I know exactly. Anyway, it is bought, it is from Griffin Games, and uh, you've probably heard of For Sale if you've been board gaming for any period of time. It came out in 1997, and it has been sticking around. You don't hear about it as much these days, but I would definitely call it a classic at this point. It is a solid game, and uh, I have heard about this game for a long time, but I never actually played it, and so we talked about putting it up on the review docket. I was excited to actually have a reason to pick it up and and get it played. Uh, so anyway, let's get right into how do you play this little guy? All right. So to play this game, there are <clears throat> two separate decks of cards, and everyone gets a bunch of money to start with. Uh, everyone start depending on how many people are playing. If it's a three or four person game, everyone gets I believe it's eighteen thousand in in money. In they're little coins, and they come in uh, one thousand and two thousand denominations. Uh, and if it's a five to six player game, it, everyone gets $14,000. Everyone has their money. They came out, kind of kind of shove it in their hand. You want to keep it private because you're going to be bidding. This is mostly a bidding game uh, that takes place in two phases, kind of similar to Biblios, but definitely, definitely very different from Biblios. So in the first round, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be bidding on different houses. So you'll take that first deck of properties that has a green back on it. Uh, it gets shuffled up and out is dealt an array of cards equal to the number of players. So if you're playing a four-person game, four cards are flipped face up. And starting with the, I believe the starting player is the person who has the biggest house. Uh, they will make the first bid. They can make any bid they want that they have and they place it out. So you can't make a bid that you don't actually have. So if you don't have, uh, you know, $3,000 anymore, you can't make that type of bid. Whatever you bid, you're not making any bluffs, essentially, is what I'm saying. Uh, then the next player has their turn, and they have the option to raise or pass. Uh, if you raise, you put that money down. If you pass, you are out for the rest of the round, but you will take the lowest valued house, because all of these houses have different values from uh, 1 to 30. They're all unique numbered, uh, and they also have designs on them. So the one house is actually a cardboard box, and the 30 house is like an international space station. Uh, so uh, you want to have better houses because the better houses you have, the you have better chances of getting more money in the second phase. So you want to try and getting all the high-value cards. This keeps going around, people either raising or passing. Uh, if you pass... 
uh, not only do you take the lowest valued house that's there, but you also get back some of the money you bid, if or if you bid any money at all. Uh, but you get half of it back rounded down. So if, say, for example, you bid $3,000 on it last time, it came back round to you, and you're like, mm, this is getting too rich for my blood, and you pass. Uh, then instead, you you lose $2,000 to the bank, and you'd get to keep 1000 of that dollar. So there are definitely times where you want to pass and definitely times where you think you're kind of already deep in it. You may as well go for it. Uh, but if you've bid nothing, heck, you don't you don't lose anything. So you don't have to bid anything to get something. Um, the person who is last remaining, so the person who was unable to pass or didn't want to pass, uh, gets the highest valued, the highest numbered property, but they lose all of their money. Uh, and then they will start the next round uh, because it will get refreshed to however many players there are, a number of properties, and they will start the bidding next uh, in the next round. And it keeps going like this until you go through the entire deck of properties. Again, there are uh, 30 cards in that deck, so it splits nicely no, no matter what player count you play at, three, four, five, six. Once that is done, if you have any money left, uh, you just kind of keep that hidden off to the side and now in the second round you are just playing with those property cards that you got everyone will have an equal number of them uh, but you'll all have different values and you'll all probably maybe kind of remember what everyone else has uh, in the second phase you grab the other deck the uh, I don't I guess it's Mon the money deck? What does it call it <laughs> in the rule book? Yeah, it calls it the currency deck, uh, yeah. which has which has a blue back, uh, and that gets shuffled up, and the same thing happens. You'll deal out three, or sorry, a number of cards equal to how many players there are. Uh, in this deck, the cards have values ranging from zero to 15,000, so you could get completely zonked on something. Uh, when they're out there, then everyone will privately choose one of their cards that they have in their hand, one of your houses, uh, and put it face down. Once everyone has a card face down, everyone will flip, and it'll go in order. Whoever has the lowest value card gets the lowest value um, currency card, and whoever has the highest value gets the highest value currency card. Uh, and it continues to go like that until you get through the entire currency deck. Uh, once that is completed, all, all of the currency cards have been through, then you total up your points. Your total points is all of the currency cards you have and any leftover money you had from the original uh, bidding. So if you had any leftover change, that also gets added into it. Whoever has the most wins the game. Uh, and that is how to play the game. There you go. That is it. The real estate market is simple and easy. <laughs> yes. Who doesn't love flipping houses? <laughs> Um, yeah, that is really it. I mean, honestly, this is probably going to be something of a short review because there isn't that much to for sale. It's a very straightforward and simple game design, but it works really, really well. Um, there's a reason it's been around for a long time. And um, yeah, I was very intrigued. This is not what I, th I did. Uh, this is not the, exactly what I thought the game would be. I thought it would be more of a direct convincing your uh, the other players to buy your properties. But it really isn't that. It's it's more of just a two rounds of uh, bidding. Obviously, your your the game is built around bidding and managing your resources within those bidding rounds. But yeah, something about it. It's kind of like Fantasy Realms, where it just there's more of a game here than at first blush, and um, it just a better game than you might expect in these uh, two decks of cards. 
Um, what is your experience with uh, for sale? How, you've have you you'd played this before, right? I've played this a number of times. I've I've yeah, had it for a while now, um, and I've played it at you know three, four. I think I've played it at all player counts, and it, it tends to play pretty well. I occasionally I've had a few people being like, I don't like that game, uh, and that's usually because they just don't like bidding games. Uh, if someone doesn't like sure, a bidding yeah. game, you're not going to like this. Uh, but for the most part, people tend to enjoy it. It's a theme that people can kind of get into, especially since all of the properties have a different, unique thing to them. So everyone's kind of like clamoring to, oh, what's on, what's on the you know the value twenty two card? I like that house. You know, it kind of harkens back right. to the times when you'd play what was it, Mash or something like that, uh, determining, oh, yo, whoa, where, what kind of house are you going to end up? And people are like, ooh, I'd like that one. No, I want that one. <laughs> and occasionally people will start bidding on cards because they're like, well, I just really like the look of that house i'm like but it's lower value than this one <laughs> what <laughs> are you care, doing it. <laughs> yeah yeah but, that's uh, funny yeah it, it, it's a game that even if you're not completely enthralled with the mechanics at the very least you can you're kind of involved with just the theme of it which i do like and i'm not a huge theme person yeah i um uh, but uh, for me, I well, I only played it with five. I played a few game or a couple games with uh, five full player count and really enjoyed it. I lost both games, <laughs> like not came in second, dead last both games. Uh, so I am not not good at this game, but I am also not great at bidding games in general. And I am one of those people who just is not a fan of bidding as a mechanism. It's just not my favorite. But I I do like this game a lot because it is. Um, it is uh, relatively quick. So each round, there's only two rounds of bidding, and it goes pretty fast. And there's no like massive mind game to play here. It's really just um, when you. So I, met, I heard in the when you're talking about the directions that you keep the money secret. Is that I hear you that right when you were saying that in the first round? Because yeah, we were any, playing. Any, where, oh, you're playing with money out. We're playing open, and that that really Ooh. is interesting. Um, and what that does is it lets it doesn't really do much until the, the later rounds of bidding in the first phase because what it does is it lets you basically just eliminate certain people from the game you from the bidding round you can say like if you see someone has three coins um, you can uh, you'll know that they can't bid uh, outbid three you know if you if the last bid is three well they're immediately out of the running and so um, that's sort of allowed to a little bit maneuvering I don't know if i would play the other way now that i've seen how that plays because it was kind of interesting it created a different dynamic towards the end of the round that um, people were paying more money for things maybe because they were trying to just jump ahead of that person um and uh make sure that they just couldn't get anything but the way the cards come out that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be left with the one value cardboard box uh most likely you'll still get something at least functionally decent in uh, in the bidding unless the cards come out horrible for you so uh, anyway, that is something that we played differently, but I really liked the bidding process of this game because it is quick, and then the the fact that the cards that you get the first round, yes, there are obviously much better cards than others. There it goes um, 1 to 30 in value, and you want the higher level cards for sure, but the way the cards, the uh, what are they called again, the second round deck, it's the... Uh, the uh, currency cards. Currency cards. So that's basically the money that you're selling the properties that you just acquired for. And um, so anyway, 
even though you have a one value cardboard box, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to sell it for zero dollars, which is the lowest currency card. Uh, a lot of times you're going to get at least a few thousand dollars for it just by the way the other cards come out. So I really like that, that even if someone is really good at getting all the best cards or a lot of good cards in the first round, they can get not necessarily skunked. I mean, they'll probably do in the second round, but it doesn't transfer completely to them. Well, clearly they're going to win the game because they have the best cards from the first round. It all has to do with how the cards are coming out and how you choose to bid on the second round with the values that you have. And if you have crappy cards, well, if the deck is uh, laying out nice cards that are all close in value, your crappy cards are suddenly going to be pretty pretty good <laughs> because right. they're not going to be that much different than someone's 30 uh, if the uh, cards you're bidding on are close to the same value. So anyway, I really love that balancing act of two rounds of bidding. And like you said, it's very Biblios feeling of there's these two rounds that sort of counteract each other in a way, but flow from one to the other very efficiently. Um, yeah. So I, I liked it at five players. I would like to try it with lower counts, but five, it really does well and is a fun group game. Yeah, I think I think it definitely. Oh, and it does plays play better. six. I should say, it yeah. does play six. Um, I I should mention I I forgot it doesn't divide nicely with four thirty doesn't isn't available. You actually remove two cards in each of the decks uh, for a four player okay. game, but um, in in it still can be played that way. Um, but as you were saying with the whole strategy, I do like the whole like there's different strategies in each in each phase. And that first phase, yeah, like there's a lot of times where it's just like. I, I want to stall people out. And it doesn't technically say in the in the rule books that you have to keep it secret. It actually notes it as a tip. It, it's in bold. It's like, okay. tip, keep your money secret. Uh, so you don't, <laughs> you don't have to play that. It's not required that you, but uh, right, you, you, right. you can. They're making it clear that you definitely can keep your money secret. And the way I tend to play is, is keeping it secret. But everyone's kind of keeping a rough tally in their head of, ooh, gosh, they've spent a lot of money lately. I'm going to try and stall them out. Uh, or, you know, right. it, it's it's one of those things. Or you may go with, you know, there's not a lot of good stuff out here. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pass a lot in the beginning. Or you may just be like, I always wanna take the second or third card. I'm not always gonna take the best, but I'm gonna keep a lot of extra money because that extra money at the end of the game could be the tiebreaker at the end of it. And it has been the tiebreaker in a number of games that I've played. Um, and then as you were saying also, uh, in the second phase, of the game when you're though even if you have bad cards it doesn't mean that you're not going to get anything good with it because if they're all very similar valued currency cards yeah if you're smart enough if you're thinking ahead and going wait a minute it doesn't really matter what i bid here i'm no matter what i bid i'm probably going to get the lowest but the lowest isn't that low compared to the other ones it's it's like 10,000 10,000 11,000 and 12,000 they're basically all the same i'm going to get rid of my worst card here and then I've just completely increased. And if if you're playing against people who aren't thinking that way, they're going, oh, no, I'm going to I'm going to throw in like a middling card. No, then you've got a, definitely a distinct advantage. And so it depends on who you're playing with. Sometimes you can kind of uh, fudge things that shouldn't technically happen, but you can get away with it. Um, and I, I really like it. And it. There are definitely times where you're like, ooh, how much do I think they're going to bid? Are they saving up for next time? How many zeros have come out yet? I know there's going to be zeros out next turn, or I, I think there's very few zeros left in the deck. You're kind of making judgments based on what you've seen and what you haven't seen and, and trying to kind of make good judgments about what's going to come out in future rounds with each other can definitely change how you play those cards. And I, I really like it. It changes every game, basically. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing I was surprised too. I played basically back-to-back games. Well, actually, I played one at the beginning of game night and one at the end, and uh, they were very different. They're very different feels. Um, you know, like you're saying, there's a similarity to the strategy of what, what you can approach here, but it definitely felt like the game was different, and I was playing with different players, of course, so that helped. But, um, but yeah, I was surprised quite a bit by For Sale about how uh, how tight it was and how much I liked it. I, I was worried that it was going to be, like I said before, just I have to convince you to buy my crappy property, and I hate games <laughs> that are all about convincing convincing someone else to do something yeah don't like that <laughs> i rarely play them i just i don't like it i'm bad at it and it's just it's not a it's more of a party game mechanism and nothing wrong with that but it's just not my thing and so uh that's what i was worried for sale was um but uh but yeah i uh yeah i think uh it's this is quite a surprise so let's just get right into uh taking it out um so the table space for for sale is not going to be that bad. Once again, it's another game of two decks of cards, obviously, like we said. So what you're going to have is, in for the first round, you're going to have your little pile of money in front of you. And then in the middle of the table is going to be the deck of properties. And then you're going to have a tableau each round, uh, depending on how many players... <coughs> um, is how many cards are going to be out. In my case, I played five-player games, and so there were five properties out for each round of bidding. And so you're just going to have the deck and then a little tableau of five cards in the middle. And that's pretty much it. It does get a little a little messy, and not really, but just a little bit, in the fact that everyone's kind of like pushing forward the money they're bidding with, and they've got their piles in front of them. But, you know, very, very easily to contain, just something to keep in mind that there's going to be a little bit of money moving around the table or in front of people just to clarify what's been bid and what is still in their pool. Or if you play it the way that Alex is playing it, then you'll um, be keeping it somewhere hidden, so that's off the table, I was assuming, or hidden by something else. So uh, a couple ways to approach that. But anyway, not a lot of stuff... Um, not like a board or anything in the middle of the table that's static and it's very modifiable to, you know, what you're eating or drinking. Just as long as everyone can see the middle tableau and is, a, excuse me, aware of what is, uh, what is on, uh, the bid, on the docket for bidding each round. Uh, and then the second round's pretty much the same. You won't have the money in front of you unless you have some money left over from last round. That'll be just tucked away, though, for endgame scoring. All you're going to have in front of you this time is, or probably in your hands, because you want it, that'll be hidden for sure is the uh, properties that you've bought last round because those are now your bidding cards this round. So all that's going to happen is the five cards are going to go out in a five-card game or five-player game, and then you're going to lay down one each round. So you're just going to have that one on the table and then your hand in your hand. And so not much more difference there really in table space. So this lends itself quite well to taking out or playing at a bar or a restaurant, I would say. Do you, t- do you guys take this out much? I would assume you probably have. Actually, we haven't taken it out that much. It tends to be more of a, a family affair type of a thing. Although sure. there, there have been a few times. Uh, we I think we played it at a very small restaurant that's nearby that does enchiladas. Um, and uh, it, it, it worked really nicely because, again, you can always make it fit whatever space you need. It's just cards. Just uh, It's like the maximum amount of cards you're going to have out is, is six, which is isn't a lot of cards and it it doesn't take up a lot of space you can always make it fit to wherever you need it move move some some chips and dip out of the way yeah (laughs) shuffle that chip and dip it around um but anyway, yeah, and then the, once again, the uh, the table talk is another great aspect of this game. There's a lot of humor in this game uh, with the pictures. The cardboard box <laughs> as a property that you can buy is, of course, hilarious. You can just buy this decrepit box in the in an alley. <laughs> um, and uh, so there's there's some humor and there's a, kind of a cartoony art style within the, the properties themselves. And so like Alex was saying before, uh, there can be kind of a – you can get into like – 
envisioning yourself living in one of these homes or you're using one of these homes or whatever. So there's definitely a lot of uh, table talk and uh, as you're playing the game and uh, a little bit of like, uh, you know, a little little mild trash talk, I would say, is, as the bidding is going on about like, uh, oh, OK, no one take this for me, you know, whatever. So it, it really does lend itself where, well to that uh, table talk aspect of it. So I think that's a huge plus in its cat and it's uh, in the box there for that. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, what else am I missing here for taking out? Um, I think I covered pretty much everything. I think you have. All right. <laughs> um, okay. So yes, uh, great game for taking out. Uh, would your mom like it? I I could see your mom liking this. I don't think it would be your favorite by any means, but I I could see your mom liking this game. What do, What do you think? Gosh, I've been debating this. I think this is like the most borderline of a game. Uh, I think I can't say maybe no, and I can't say maybe yes. I think this is just maybe. This is right in the <laughs> middle. Uh, definitely, she would enjoy the table talk. I think the only problem she would have is the bidding. Um, I, I've never known her to be much of a bidding type person for for anything really. I mean, she she barely gambles. The most she'll do with gambling is she'll like put num- numbers on. Uh, like Super Bowl squares or something like that. That's that's right. about as far as she goes with uh, with taking risks with money. Uh, she's quite <laughs> uh, quite uh, frugal. She's a she's always been a coupon cutter. So uh, I I think she definitely would enjoy the vibe, but that bidding aspect and knowing what card to play when and kind of trying to read people, she might not like. So I'm putting this right in the middle of maybe. <laughs> All right. a solid Which I think maybe. is a first. Usually I lean one way or the other. This one's right in the middle. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. Middle ground's not bad. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, I think other than that, I'm trying to think of anything. Like Alex mentioned, pros and cons, things that would drive you away or bring you to this game. The biggest thing is, is if you're not into bidding games. And if you're just really hardcore against them okay fine but if you're like me i'm not a fan of bidding games typically i rarely want to pull them out but i actually really liked for sale just because it's quick the bidding is not like intense scratching your head mind games bidding it's just you know just do do the best with the situation that you have and then then you'll be on to the next round uh so it's quick and light and i really like the bidding aspect of this game so it kind of counteracts that um for any hang-ups about bidding um other than that, I can't think of any like big. The the one negatives. thing for me, the, and the, is the reason why I don't take it out as often as I I probably would want to, is that it doesn't accommodate two players, and that's kind of a huge thing for me because most of the time when I'm playing a game, I'm playing it as two players. So not being able to play this game as two players is kind of a huge job. In fact, I wasn't able to play this in like the last two weeks because I never had a really good time to play it. Uh, either either the group I was with is wanting to play like bigger games or I just didn't have enough people to play it and it was just me and my wife. So that I think that's probably the biggest drawback for me personally. I really enjoy the game. I like it. Um, I have no problem with bidding uh, games, and uh, yeah, I mean, so essentially, if I'm getting at the point where I'm like, "Ooh, I really want to play for sale, but I can't play it," I'm probably gonna pull up Biblios because it's similar. It's not the same game. It has a similar feel, has that bidding aspect, but that one can accommodate too. Yeah, fair enough. Well, there you have it, everyone. Uh, for sale. 
check it out. Definitely worth a check out this game. Uh, here's a recommendation, though, real quick. If you are going to check this game out, uh, do do what I do and <laughs> buy the travel version. And there is a $10 swing minimum between the uh, normal game and the travel version. But the only difference between the travel version and the normal game is the money. In the normal game, they are thick, uh, thicker or kind of you know punched out cardboard coins. In the travel version, they are thinner cardstock. However, the cards are the same size in both games. They did a great job with the travel version in making the cards just the same cards. The only difference is that the money is just cardstock. And at first, I thought I was a little worried that it would be too thin and kind of cheap. But it actually, you know, I thought it would be kind of annoying. But I really didn't find it a hindrance at all in playing the game and i definitely would not find it worth paying ten dollars to get the slightly thicker coins um so anyway if you are looking out to buy it i would i would look for the uh, travel version and know that you are getting the full size game just thinner money and that's pretty much it and i thought that was a very minor thing Weren't you considering at one point just putting actual money in there? Not like uh, I was, I was <laughs> putting that thousands of dollars in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to put one and two dollar bills representing <laughs> the one thousands and two thousand dollars. Uh, no, I was worried. That was before I got it in, in the hand, and was worried that uh, it was just going to money was going to feel cheap and just like printer paper and would just get destroyed but you know it is actually the uh, card stock from the playing card stock and so it actually isn't bad it's 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 hardier than i thought it is very thin but it was very uh, easy to play with and wasn't like sticking or staticking All to right. each other and um so anyway i i definitely think it's not worth paying <laughs> 10 or more dollars to get cardboard thicker cardboard uh like if you really are hung up you can do what i was thinking of doing and i don't know attach some pennies to the back of it or something like that or so get creative in other ways to make it thicker Um, i have have another i have another question for you the cards the backs of the cards always confuse me uh maybe it's just my version or something Uh, the backs of all the cards that have the houses they're green and look like money which makes me think it's the currency deck but it's not and the backs of the (laughs) currency deck is blue and has a picture of a house on it it's that just seems backwards to me. Is it not kind of weird? <laughs> yeah, I yeah that, that for that's true. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember. I think mine's the same because I remember getting like when I was playing yesterday, I was get kept getting the decks confused when I was like drawing off. But in the second round, and I was drawing off the top deck. At the other deck was sitting next to it, and I kept going for that deck. So I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, no, I think you're right. That that makes no sense. <laughs> No, makes no sense at all. No sense. Um, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, outside of those minor complaints and uh, the tips, uh, you guys should definitely definitely check out this game. It's uh, classic for a reason, and I am glad to have it in my collection. It's definitely oh, one other thing I guess we could say is this is definitely a game that's light enough and quick enough. You're probably going to want to take another short game at least with you if you're taking it out. Uh, it's not going to carry you through the whole night. You're probably going to play a couple rounds of this at least, but then most likely you're going to be ready to move on to something else or uh, yeah. I don't know, or just put games aside and look deeply into the eyes of the people with you and have deep conversations. I don't know. Not Whatever too you want deeply. to do. Not too deeply. <laughs> Not too deeply. Yeah. We are, we're all introverts after all. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so that's just a kind of caveat to the game uh, outside of the recommendation to check it out. So if you guys would love to like to get us uh, your thoughts on this game or any other game we review, we'd love to hear from you. You can get a hold of us through many different ways. The main ones, 
mentions our Twitter and Instagram at Chits in Chat, Chits N Chat. And you can also reach out to us on our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com. Scroll down to the Chits and Chat page and fill out our comment form. We'd love to hear from you guys on your thoughts on anything we've covered or suggestions on things we could cover for our continuing game series to take out and about with you to a restaurant or bar. So that being said, I am now going to present you with an epic catchphrase. That's... I'm ready. <laughs> Um, all right. The I've got two. Uh, should I burn save, two of them now? Don't I, burn two of them. Save one of them. I, okay, I'll you save one. You have hard enough time trying to... What you're going to do is you're going to save one, and you're going to forget that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Probably. These are... I got them on my phone now, so I, I won't forget them. All right. So I think this is just a good one. This is not only uh, a catchphrase, but it is also a fact. So, games, they help introverts extrovert. Huh? That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty right. good. Here is my here is my like way I rank these is if at the <laughs> end of you saying your catchphrase you go, eh? I know <laughs> I cannot like that one. <laughs> what? That can't sully it for you. That's not fair. <laughs> my nervous ticks can't be the, <laughs> the downfall of these amazing catchphrases. It's it's one of those things where it's it makes me gauge how much you truly deeply down actually like this phrase. <laughs> I if you would just really go, like that one. if you would have the confidence to just be like, games they make introverts extroverts, bam, you know, then it's just like, <laughs> See, oh, you still have he, to say something. He truly, oh, so he truly, like <laughs> you're you're saying it in such a way that it's just like, there's this yeah? is the number one thing. This is the where, whereas when you go, eh. <laughs> You're like trying to sell it. You're like that salesman right, in, in The Simpsons. Oh, come on, Gil. You got it. Eh? Come on, Gil. Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. All right, I'll try it again. Games, they help introverts extrovert. Baba boom. That's better. It's more confident. That is more confident. Actually, oddly enough, that makes me like the phrase more. Nice. All right, good. I've figured out how to game the system. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye.